Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 297. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's a very special guest, Jason Godsell. Jason, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to go. All right. Great to have you here. Jason Godsell attended the Art Institute of Portland, and in 2000, he founded Godsell Performance that morphed into Exotic Motorsports in 2006. Next came Elite Carbon in 2008, where he built carbon fiber replacement parts for Ferraris and Lamborghinis, along with body kits for other exotics. And in 2010, he started Godsell Motorcars with a quest to create super luxury V16 vehicles. He's a car designer who enjoys restoring, racing, autocross, and high-speed driving on road courses. Jason, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and expound on your business, your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Well, basically, just a normal car guy. Don't really have any other interests other than that. Personally, I've owned uh, 57 cars, a lot of them GM cars. That was kind of the, the first part of my passion. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seven seven Corvettes and uh, Camaros and had the uh, 70 Roadrunner in there. And then lately with the uh, more of the exotics, we uh, we had a Lotus Elise for a while, and now we've got a Viper. <laughs> well, and there's a jump. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a little little different going from a four-cylinder to a 10. <laughs> yes, just a but, bit. Uh, it's a fun car as well. So just kind of playing around, normal car stuff. I do a lot of restoration, racing, designing. In 2000, like you said, in 2006, we started Exotica Motorsports, which focuses primarily just on exotic cars, um, mail-order parts business. So we, we ship parts all over the world for Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Rolls-Royce, Bentley, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, just kind of normal run-of-the-mill car stuff. It doesn't sound very normal to me. Sounds like you're <laughs> way in, up to your hips in car stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what you're currently doing and the business you're operating now as we move along. But I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying or a mantra that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah. Jason, I know you love to drive and get on the track, so take the wheel. Actually, one of the one of the best quotes that I always think about is from Henry Ford, and uh, he had said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Ah, one of my favorites. Yeah, I think that's just with everything. You know, if you've got the confidence, you can do whatever you want, regardless of what your background is or your schooling is or, or anything else, or if you believe that, that it can't be done or you can't do it, then, you know, you're just never going to try. Tell me how you've incorporated that concept, because you've had multiple businesses. You've done a whole bunch of very unique things, and in many cases, difficult things to do. Produce parts, create parts, design, designing cars. How have you incorporated that into your business over the years? Well, I I guess it's just something you're born with or you you learned at an early age. Um, When I was younger, you know, my grandpa would show me everything and taken everything apart from electrical stuff to mechanical stuff or whatever. So I never had a problem 
and I still don't have an issue of just pulling something apart and see how it works and uh, hopefully knowing how to put it back together because worst case <laughs> scenario, you break something or you got to pay somebody to put it back together, but yeah. I'm just not worried about that kind of stuff. Um, the last last car I restored here about a year and two years ago was a 66 Biscayne, and when I bought it, it was it needed a full restoration, and so uh, you know we brought, brought it home and pulled it all apart. I did all the body work and the paint and uh, you know, re- rebuilt the suspension, rebuilt the transmission. I had never done the tra- uh, transmission before, but, you know, again, worst case scenario, you have to buy a new used one or have it rebuilt professionally or whatever. So definitely just have no problem jumping into something and figuring it out along the way. Well, yeah, just start doing it. That's usually the case for automotive. I heard that from a lot of guests on the show. They started as a young person in the garage with their dad or grandpa or whomever. And, uh, yeah, just start doing things. Just start trying things. And you're right. The great thing is if you mess something up, there's always a lot of resources to go out there and have somebody help you put it back together. Yeah, especially now with the Internet. You can look it up on YouTube if you don't know what it is. <laughs> yes, I've done that many times. How do I yeah. fix this? <laughs> there's a yep. lot of great information out there. There's a lot of goofy information, too. But I've had several guests on the show here that have YouTube pages how-to pages and uh, really great, great things you can learn on YouTube. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? You've been a car guy for a long time since you were a little kid, but is there a moment in time, that pivotal moment in your life, when you really knew you were a car guy? There really wasn't. Um, You know, you talk to some people and it was their first time they saw a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or rode in this car or that car, and I was just literally born that way. <laughs> I, uh, my dad was uh, big into, into cars, and, and I'd look back at pictures and you know, two or three years old helping him stand on a Mustang or a Camaro or, or whatever. And he's actually, He had a dealer's license for a little while um, here about a decade ago. So personally, I think he's owned something like two or 300 cars. Wow. Most of them kind of boring, you know, run-of-the-mill stuff that he made some money on. But uh, We've had some some pretty cool, you know, Roadrunners and Chevelles and stuff. But when I was uh, when I was actually born, um, a couple months before I was born, my my uncle was killed, and the car that he had was a '74 Roadrunner, and so my parents bought it. Mm. And so the very first car I ever rode in uh, on the way home from the hospital after being born was a '74 Roadrunner. So <laughs> cool. it just kind of started from there. <laughs> you must have. Uh... Been feeling the vibrations of that V8 engine as you were coming over. Yeah, the hospital. yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. Well, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl into the hood here, get your hands a little dirty, which is something you're certainly not afraid of doing, and ask you to share a huge challenge or a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. Take us to that moment, bring us there, and tell us, most importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? Well, I definitely don't like going down this road but uh the worst thing that we ever had to deal with was uh supplier issues with carbon fiber manufacturing Mm. it's a kind of a black art industry and what what i found is if you're really good at carbon fiber you're doing stuff for aerospace or you're working for the government and everybody else wants to do your project you know so Mm. basically if they're not good they're lined up ready to do your stuff so we dealt with 13 different carbon fiber companies when we first started um, doing replacement parts in 2008. It was just a nightmare after nightmare. I mean, we'd, we'd send parts out to get molds made, send, you know, a deposit, whatever we needed to get going. 
and in some instances we would never even hear from the guys again or, or oh you know they, they actually went out of business the next week and so there went our deposit and our, our uh, molds or factory parts whatever we had so what I ended up doing in a lot of these companies will not clear coat carbon fiber because it's just too difficult so one of the things that I had to do and, and it wasn't that difficult for me because I already had the painting background but we would get carbon parts in, we went and rented a paint booth and bought the best paint gun I could find, the best clear I could find, locked myself in the paint booth for about three weeks and got everything figured out. And, and so we were doing, you know, half of the process ourselves. And then uh, I went to a carbon fiber school in 2009 and just learning all the kind of stuff from the basics and uh, just being able to do it ourselves so we just don't have that issue again. Mm-hmm. And that even went to, you know, some of the design stuff um, when we were doing our, our own designs is I wanted to be able to design it, manufacture it, and sell it through our website all under one roof so we're not relying on anybody. So yeah. went to design school at, at Art Institute, learned everything from, you know, the basics of, of design to 3D CAD and, and um programs like that, bought a 3D printer, you know, we've got everything all lined up um, to go ahead and start making prototype parts and uh, moving forward that way. Wow. Well, that is a massive amount of work. I worked in, I've worked in the car industry for a long time, but uh, worked were back 10 years ago, 12, 15 years ago when carbon fiber was just coming on it. You're right. A lot of the people we dealt with, you'd get the product in and look at it and go, what? You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> this is just yeah, it's, horrible. It's, yeah. 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 So uh, I think to take it in your own hands and learn about everything is fantastic. And you certainly bring that skill set and the quality of product to your customer now that uh, somebody who's driving a high end car certainly expects to have. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Great story. Well, I'm sorry to make you go down that road, but it shares some <laughs> things with other folks that will help them maybe learn something and not have to go down that same path and take a better course in their future. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those aha moments in your career. I always say it's a time when the headlights came on and illuminated your way for a new idea or a new direction that you had for your business. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well, when we when I started, I, I was actually in a sketching class in, in, uh, at Art Institute. Of course, I was doing exotica on the side. Well, not on the side, but doing to school on the side and doing exotica motorsports during the day. But I was in a sketching class and I'd sketched out a car design and I just looked at it and said, I, I got to do something with that. And it, and it all came, you know, back in high school, I was, you know, sketching cars like a lot of kids do. And, but yet I was not only just thinking of the car design, but you know, what engine would have in it and you know, what the, what the engineering behind the car would be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and I've done that, you know, after high school and, and doing some cars and some concepts and, you know, it was never really something that was, was tangible because when was the last time anybody created a car company? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. So never thought it was actually possible. So when I, when I did that sketch in, in, uh, in 2010, you know, I thought, well, maybe there's something there and we kept playing with it and, uh, started kind of moving the idea down the road and actually, the original idea was to do an electric car um, because that was kind of the you know the craze nowadays. And then I started going through the uh, a business plan on it, and I and I really didn't have that much of a of confidence in the idea just because again, who's who built a, a brand lately? 
And so as I did the business plan and the, and the idea morphed from an electric car into more of my passion, which was a you know, high-end, super luxury V16 car, we started doing the business plan and I realized that actually looking at companies like Pagani and Koenigsegg and even Tesla, you know, this, this is really is possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not cheap, um, but with the rapid prototyping now and different ways of being able to do it, you don't have to have this, you know, billion-dollar factory um, you can actually build low volume vehicles and, and get them certified and actually make it work. So really just going through the business plan and, and doing all the numbers, crunching all the numbers and seeing that this is actually a viable business. That's when I really just got, you know, hundred percent behind it and started moving forward. And so now it's, it's morphed into, um, the guy that's helping out with the main, uh, the developing of the V16 engine. He's the same guy that helped out with the, uh, he was president of KTEC for a while, and uh, he actually was ahead of the V16 program that they did for the Cadillac V16 2003 prototype that they did. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, the only guy that's designed the V16 since 1940 is uh, is working for me or working with me on this project. Wow. And so one of the things that, that he had recommended was looking at natural gas, and I wasn't really into the new type fuels on more of a just a gasoline car guy mm-hmm. but when i looked into natural gas and looking at the benefits and that were you know the saudi arabia of natural gas and you know it pollutes a third less it's got the same horsepower and mile per gallon but you can actually fill up a, you know in your garage with a little home fueling station for you know in some locations about a dollar a gallon mm-hmm. so why are we not on natural gas instead of still using gasoline is beyond me but that's the idea behind this car company is really, it's a pro-American company. Um, it's a, a natural gas V16, which, again, most people aren't going to be able to buy it. But on the other hand, uh, you know, maybe the, the natural gas will flow downhill into the, you know, the, the normal everyday cars. Sure. Now, so this car is under design process right now? Correct, yep. Yeah. And do you have a, a date where you'll be exposing or sharing this with the world as far as what the car looks like or when it will actually be available? Well, we're, I was hoping by now, um, right now we're, we're looking for investors and, and, uh, you know, the, the funding aspect, um, up to this point, everything's been funded by me. Uh-huh. Um, so we've, we've got the design done. We've got uh, clay model, uh, done. We're starting to build the prototype engine now. So it, it's still moving forward. You know, every day we're making progress on it. It's just a slower process. But um, one, what I really would like to do is debut it on Fourth of July next year. Oh um, yeah! Again, it's a real, a real pro-American business. The the car is is the Godsell Manhattan. So we've actually we've already uh, trademarked the Manhattan name, and so we'd like to debut it in Times Square on the 4th of July and really make it a, a, a pro-American company as far as manufacturing in the U.S. and, you know, sourcing materials in the U.S. and, and bringing, hopefully inspiring the country to bring manufacturing back. Awesome, awesome. Well, I sure hope that happens, and we'll be listing your website and contact information for listeners out there who want to contact you and talk to you so they can find you and and hopefully there's somebody out there that wants to get involved in a, uh, a financial way. That would be fantastic. Sounds exciting. How about proudest career business moments? I'm sure you've had many, but is there one in particular you can share with us? You know, there isn't like a, a, a huge break, I would say, not like a before and after type thing. But, you know, in, in 
this business and, and a lot of my businesses. It's just, you know, small everyday steps, but some of the uh, some of the things that really stand out we had made uh, it are, are the customers that we do deal with, and uh, we had made a contact in 2008 with a dealership in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. and uh, so they had come on. We were manufacturing some exhaust tips for the Ferrari uh, F430, and they had purchased a set uh, on eBay, and then uh, I think they were just kind of testing the water, so. We had sent them over the exhaust tips. They were happy with everything, and the next order was uh, somewhere around two hundred fifty thousand um, <laughs> on multiple, on multiple other, yeah, on multiple other uh, product lines and for different cars. But uh, so what we did was we um, we talked to them, started getting real friendly with them, and uh, uh, we were fly. We flew over there to kind of negotiate a contract with them, and so we spent two weeks in Dubai and um, you know kind of hanging out with all the. SLRs and Carrera GTs and any wild car you can think of at the time over there. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty interesting, uh, interesting trip. Culture shock for sure. Since uh, I've never yeah. been, uh, <laughs> yeah, like east of Nevada prior to that. <laughs> yes, over to the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, very different place. That's for sure. It's, yeah, it's yeah. almost surreal. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting place. That's for sure. Well, very cool. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. Well, like I say, I've had a lot. But if I really, to, to have the, the beginning memories, uh, my very first car was a 71 Chevelle. I bought the car right before I turned 16. And it was just a old 350 automatic car. Mm-hmm. And drove that through high school and, and had many, many, many other cars through high school. But uh, I always kept a hold of that one. And um, our senior year, we had a, a senior project that we had to do in Washington State. I, it's probably throughout the whole U.S. now, but so you had to do this big, you know, monster project your senior year to, to graduate. And so we had, uh, I took that car and, and pulled it all apart and did all the bodywork and paint and uh, put a 383 stroker in it and just nice. drove that for the next couple of years. And so yeah, that was that was a, a special car to me, and I wish I still had it around. Well, that brings me to my next question, and that is, is there a vehicle that you've sold that you really wish you had back in your garage? Um, you know, all the cars that I've ever bought or sold, I, I really don't. I mean, I, I wish I had all of them back in the garage, considering how much <laughs> they're worth now. Yeah. You know, my 70 Roadrunner, when I had it, it, it was a nice, you know, driver, and then I turned around and sold it, and it was restored over here in Portland, Oregon, and then taken down to Barrett-Jackson, where it sold for like 71.5. So, you know, that would have been a cool car, but... I still think uh, if I could ever find it would be the the '74 Roadrunner that my parents had when when I drove home from the hospital would have been really it, it'd be neat to have that car back. Yeah. How about is there a vehicle that you've purchased that shortly thereafter you said to yourself, "What was I thinking?" Not not really. Any time I've ever bought a car, which is regularly, um, <laughs> I, I know exactly what I want down to the color and everything else. So when I go looking for it, I know exactly what it is. So yeah. never really had any regrets. Sometimes I've had a regret on the deal, <laughs> yeah, but never the car. Well, Bruce Meyer was a guest on this show, and he said, cry only once when you purchased a car and then started enjoying it. So <laughs> I understand. Yeah, yep, exactly. Now, we talked about the Godso Manhattan as far as current projects that have you excited right now and fired up. Is that the one, or is there something else you're working on? That's really the car that, that uh, you know, keeps me going every day, or, or the project that keeps me going every day. And, and 
again, it's, it's just an exciting project. It's something, you know, it's kind of frustrating on one hand. I mean, I'm, I'm doing all of it, like I said, out of my own pocket. I'm doing all the cabs work myself. I'm doing, you know, trying to think of not only can you, you know, kind of like when you're building a hot rod, you kind of got, you, you can figure it all out and what colors you want to do or, or all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. when you're doing a project like that, not only do you have to think about that and the design and what you want to put an engine in it, but you got to think of, you know, EPA regulations and, and better crash testing, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, oh gosh, yeah. you know, I've talking to the, uh, the, the government back in uh, Michigan, you know, about EPA regulations and how much that's going to cost and how long it takes. And then once you pass that test, you can sell in all 49 states, but you can't sell in California. You got to go to California and review it all. <laughs> of course. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot more headaches with it and there's really nobody I can talk to about it. I mean, you know, you don't have an uncle that started a car company or, or anything like that, so it's a little yeah. little difficult to uh, to just do it all. You don't have Elon Musk's phone number? You can't just call Actually, him? Actually, you know what? I, I uh, A couple of years ago, and it's funny how, you know, Exotica kind of bleeds over into this business as well because i got a lot of interesting clients. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had a customer that I talked to about three years ago, and he was doing business with uh, Panos. Mm. And so... He had given uh, my business plan to Don and uh, or Dan Painos, and uh, so Dan had called me, wanted me to fly down there, and so my wife and I flew down there, and, and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I didn't even know what he wanted to talk about. So we flew down there. We expected or what? We scheduled it for two, it was like two and a half or three days, um, but I didn't know if we were going to fly in there, walk through, look at his factory, shake hands and leave, or are we going to be sitting there for three days? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So. We had, my wife and I had scheduled some other things to, to do. I mean, we'd never been to Atlanta before, and, you know, you can drive here and go see that or whatever. We flew into Atlanta at 9 p.m. We drove up to their location, which is about an hour north. He wanted to meet at 10 p.m. Oh, so we met at 10, <laughs> and we hung out until, like, 1.30. The next morning, we were there at uh, 9, and we were there again until 1.30. And so for two and a half days, we did nothing but sit across the table from, from Dan Danos wow. and talk about this project and, you know, manufacturing problems and, and EPA problems and all the stuff that I'm going to run into. And, and he gave me a lot of good advice. And uh, as soon as we left there, we drove straight from his place to the airport. So everybody <laughs> says, well, what do you get to see when you're in Atlanta? Nothing. Pretty much nothing. <laughs> yes. We saw the freeway, we saw all the damn stuff, and then we saw the freeway back to the airport. That was it. <laughs> wow. Well, very nice of him to spend so much time with you, and I'm sure yeah, the the absolutely. lessons and, and the sharing he did was invaluable in so many respects. So. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Jason. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, I, you know, it's always in the community go back to the Manhattan because that's that's where I've got all my, my thoughts into. But, I, you know, the car that I'm designing now is everything who I am put into the car design. It's, you know, all the stuff that I like, all the, the design that I like, everything that's me is in that car. So realistically, that that car is me. You're the, <laughs> so, you are the Manhattan. Yeah, I, fig- yep, I figured it. that would be the case. You know, I know we can't talk a lot about that car because a lot of as you're developing things are kind of secretive and so forth. But is there maybe one aspect of it other than that you talked about that V16 that you can share with the listeners to give them a little bit of taste of what's coming? Well, basically, the idea is, you know, to 
to go after a clientele that that has, has maybe outgrown the, the you know track monsters, the Ferrari, you know Scuderia or or the Pagani, you know they kind of outgrew that you know break your spine type car, but they're not really ready to get into a Rolls Royce Phantom that's you know really large and underpowered. So the idea is to take both of those cars and put them together, you know, a Bugatti mixed with a with a Rolls Royce race or something. So okay, it's a, a the the first car that we're doing, the Manhattan's a two-door coupe. It's a very Art Deco American style. Everything is really going to be targeting America. So very heritage design to it. Um, you know, the V16 is a, is a very American engine. Nobody's ever put that car, engine into a production vehicle other than Mormon, which was an, uh, an American car company back in the 30s, yeah. and Cadillac. Yeah. They're the only two companies that have ever used a V16. So it's a very American engine. And so, you know, it's a very Art Deco car. Um, the the first car is a two-door coupe, and then obviously the engine will be designed and chassis will be all set up. So, you know, we want to bring out a four-door after that. And those cars are going to all be had a city or a, or a state name that's a, that's a U.S. U.S. name tied to that as well. Yeah, well, you st- you dropped a little thing there that caught my ear. You said, unlike the underpowered Rolls-Royce Phantom, the fan, I've driven a Phantom. This car has a lot of power, so the Manhattan is gonna kick ass, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, and I don't want to really spill the beans on on that, but yeah, very high horsepower V6. Yes, very cool. Well, Jason, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Jason, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure, ready to go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? You know, I can't really think of anything specific automotive, but I remember uh, one thing that kind of steps, stands out in my life is, is advice I got from my uncle, and it was more just life advice. And uh, I was kind of, I wouldn't say going down the wrong path for uh, uh, any means, but, you know, just kind of doing the nine-to-five factory job and, and just kind of bouncing through life in my early 20s, and, uh, and he came over and Gave me a bunch of advice, and uh, and I left that night, went and bought new clothes, and just changed my whole out, uh, outlook on life. And uh, just there is definitely a before and after point in my life right there. What were the words that he said to you? Can you remember those specifically? You know, it was just more of get your stuff together, 
um, I was I was with a, a girl at the time that wasn't good for me, and uh, and so you know he told me that as well, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was just really you know you need to go focus on business and stop focus. worrying about. Uh, yeah, focus was really the, the main thing. Yeah, focus is a great word. There's another podcaster I listen to, John Lee Dumas, who loves that acronym, follow one course until successful. And focus yeah, focus is so important in so many respects of our lives. You're lucky to have that uncle. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Actually, number one, like you say, would be focus and never... Never listen to doubters and never give up. You know, as all the successes I've ever had, you have more than that in failures, and uh, you got to just not worry about it, jump up and, and continue forward. Keep swinging at the ball. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners you think they would enjoy? Well, I know the guys over at, uh, at Motor Authority, so if you, uh, you know, you're looking for kind of up-to-the-minute car news or test drive, stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, definitely check out Motor Authority. Great they've size. they a Facebook page and, yeah, and also a website. Yeah, absolutely. Jason, would you share a book that you think our listeners would really enjoy reading? You know, that, that's kind of my uh, other passion as well is, is uh, you know, business and, and cars. So as far as books go, I, I mainly just read biographies, but there's a series through the History Channel called Men Who Built America. Ah, yes. And uh, I, I watch that a lot and, uh, you know, kind of gives you the inside info on guys like Rockefeller and Carnegie and Vanderbilt and, and the people that really, you know, not only became this historical, mythical creature that we think of today, but, they, you know, they're real people who had ups and downs and business failures and successes, and, and they really are who, you know, makes our life easier today. Is there uh, one particular biography you can share that we could add to our guest recommended reading list that you really enjoyed, a book in particular? Actually, one I'm reading right now is, is uh, on Chrysler, and that's, uh, that's a very interesting book because of not only the... I mean, that guy started out from just tinkering with, uh, with locomotives. He actually worked on the railroad and uh, playing with locomotives, and then he just got really good at it. He had no formal education, but he got really good and kept moving through the ranks and then went to GM and then uh, started his own company and then built the largest you know, skyscraper in the world at the time. Yeah, what's the title of that book? The Life and Times of an, of an Automotive Genius. There you go. Awesome. Great. Who's the uh, author of that book? That one is Vincent, uh, the last name C-U-R-C-I-O. Curcio, sounds like, something like that. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Great. Listeners, you can find all these great resources Jason has shared with us at carsyeah.com slash Jason Godsell. And Jason's last name is spelled G-O-D-S-I-L. All right, Jason, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for a guy who's owned as many cars as you've had. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'll pick up the bill on that one. What would that one vehicle be and why? Well, we've talked about, you know, the 74 Roadrunner that I'd love to find again and my, uh, you know, my Manhattan. But it took that away. Um, the, the passion that I have is, is for the 250 Ferrari GTO. And I know that's kind of everybody's number one list and it's kind of a cliche at the, at the time, at the moment. But that, is, that car is just a, a beautiful car. It's, it's sexy as far as, a, as form and, and it was very powerful in its day as a race car. Ah, they're beautiful cars. And locally yeah. here, I live up uh, in, I live in Gig Harbor, just south of Seattle. And there's an event that happens on the 
the summer weekends here, exotics at Redmond Town Center. I've had some of those folks on the show. And Saturday, rather, was uh, Ferrari Day, and there was a 250 GTO there for everybody to really? enjoy. Was yeah. that uh, John's car? No, Greg Witten's car. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No, there's a couple, yeah, there's a couple, uh, couple GTOs up in your neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. I've been lucky enough to uh, play with both those cars and photograph them in my past. And, uh, yeah, they're just fun to sit in and close your eyes and think, oh, wow, this would be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty <Yeah>. darn cool. <laughs> Wonderful car. I think it's great. Jason, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Would you give us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the road in that Ferrari 250 GTO? <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, the number one thing, no matter what you do, again, just have the focus. Don't worry about what other people think. Um, you know, of all the biographies that I've read, I've read the first three of uh, our first three presidents, you know, and you, and you look at a guy like George Washington who lost more battles than he ever won. Yeah. But he was persistent and got the job done. Um, another guy, you know, that I really look up to is, is Steve Jobs. And, you know, for a guy that got fired from his own company and then to come back and, and make it the, the wealthiest company of all time at $730 billion, I think is what it's worth now. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, that says a lot about the guy and it says a lot about persistence and, and just never giving up. And focus, for sure. Love that focus. <laughs> Definitely focus. Yeah, you know, there's another, another quote just to, uh, on that question is, um, I had heard one where it said Henry Ford didn't know he was Henry Ford. And, you know, you never know where your future is going to lead. And you could, you know, just be the next, you know, be the, be the Neil Armstrong that, that steps on Mars, you know, yeah. if you want to. So yeah. Just definitely never give up. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and what you're doing these days? Um, well, you can go to our website at exotica-motorsports.com. That's E-X-O-T-I-C-A. Um, or golfmotorcars.com to uh, to learn more, a little bit more about the Manhattan. Again, like you say, a lot of stuff's proprietary and secret right now, but there's a little bit of who's who helping out with that project in there. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything at carsyad.com. Just put Jason in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with links. Follow him along this next year on his journey with the God's Hill Manhattan, and eventually we'll see what he's up to there. We cannot wait for that one. Jason, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark, for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!